Welcome to the Share Chair Podcast, where we tell each other stories and learn from listening. This week's episode is brought to you by Harborfront Hospital for Animals and Veterinary Dental Solutions at 807 West Savage Street in Spring Lake, Michigan. Harborfront Hospital is proud to be a sponsor of the Share Chair Podcast. We are here with a, a lovely group of um, students, former students of mine, uh, I'll let you guys go around and introduce yourselves here in just a second, but this is the, um, I guess the, 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 there's a word for it, the officers of, thank you, Kate, the officers of our new mindfulness club that we're starting, and I am going to be helping out with as the staff mentor, mentor, whatever, staff liaison, whatever you want to call it, my words, I'm having trouble retrieving them today. Um, so I kind of was talking with Isabel a little bit about this group and I met with you guys a couple weeks ago and we decided to get it off the ground and then we were thinking maybe this would make a good topic for a share chair interview with our founding officers of the group and also maybe talk about um, the pandemic and this buzzword that's going on around learning loss and kind of just thinking about management of stress and how we can take this experience and turn it into something positive. So I'm, I'm trying to kind of keep it focused to those ideas a little bit and we'll see how it, how it goes. So I guess let's just go around the room and share your name and a little bit about yourself. All right, um, my name is Isabel Perot and I'm a junior at um, Grand Haven High School. I mean, I had this idea for the club like a year ago, but I was not able to like actually start it because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So, and it turns out now we need it more than ever. So it kind of worked out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I'm Lee Peterson. I'm a junior at Grand Haven High School. And um, I think that's all I have to say, except I remember Isabel talking to me one day after school and being like, hey, we should start a mindfulness club for colleges. And I was just kind of there for that moment. Um, I'm Allie Clark. I'm also a junior at Grand Haven High School. Um, and yeah, this is just, you know, my friends were starting it, and so I was like, you know what, why not? Mm-hmm. Also, I think Allie's a very good, like, relaxing person to be around. Yes. She's she very yes. good with mindfulness stuff. She's given me essential oils, yeah. gift certificates for <laughs> books. Great listener. Uh huh. Um, my name is Kate Eisner, and I'm also <laughs> a junior at Grand Haven High School. <laughs> And I love mindfulness stuff. I think it's so important, and I'm so happy that Isabel is letting me be a part of this and all my friends. So this is exciting. Cool. And we have Cassidy Bush, who will be coming shortly as soon as she finishes something else, that another application that she has. So I guess we'll start off with um, with this. What would you... What, you, you touched on it a little bit, what inspired you to start the club, but do you want to talk a, a little bit more about that, kind of how it, how it grew, or maybe start with why mindfulness, why this, how has it come to this point? Yeah, sure. So I have been in therapy for the past, like, four years or so, so that's been something that's really important to me, you know, being aware of being mindful, and it's really helped me to learn, like, coping strategies because I struggle with a lot of anxiety, but so do all of my friends, you know? (laughs) Everyone's struggling with a lot of anxiety right now. And sometimes I just use therapy as a place to go to like, just like sit and color and chill out and talk about my issues. And I was like, that should be more accessible to people. People should have a place to go and just relax and not have any obligations for like an hour. 
because sometimes people have trouble setting aside that time for themselves. And so that was kind of where the idea came from. You know, I was like, why don't we just set aside an hour each week, Mindfulness Club, where we can talk about being mindful, coping strategies, uh, mental health, and just kind of, you know, relax. I love it. Anything to add? Um, another thing I've noticed is that when we were doing virtual learning, home, which used to be a place of like, no, stress-free, um, like no work, but mm -hmm. then once we were doing virtual learning, and I know I'm not the only one, there's a lot of people who have struggled with this, then home, which used to be like the peaceful sanctuary, got like became the super, like everything, everything was at home. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't as a calming place. So I agree with Isabel, I think it's super important just to have a dedicated time to not worry about school, not have everything that's going on and around the world, but just to focus on being mindful. I think that's important. And doing it at school instead of, yeah. <laughs> it's like the reversal yeah. of roles. Yeah, of, exactly. You don't do your schoolwork at home or you'd rather not, mm -hmm. and now you are, so you might as well do your mindfulness yeah. <laughs> stuff at school. Yeah. yeah. Um, how's the reception for this been among your friends or who you've shared with about this? Um, so far, everybody seems pretty excited about it. They all really like this idea. And yeah, I think that everybody just who I've talked to has been like, wait, when's it starting? Like, I want to come. That sounds oh, that's like a so good time. Cool. Yeah, it's a club that's really easy to join. It doesn't really require yeah. anything from you. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. very welcoming, you know. You can just come in and chill out, you know, relax, be mindful. What are some things you have planned? Um, so I don't know if you guys also want to talk about this, but we have, a, like, a document full of meeting mm -hmm. ideas, you know. We plan to both, like, yeah, I think Kate's getting it out. Like teach um, coping strategies and like healthy ways to um, reframe thoughts and start your day, but also to give students time to just like sit and chat and color and go for a walk maybe in the spring and listen to music and just sort of relax. Mm -hmm. I'll say like another idea that we have my family is like super into essential oils and stuff for mindfulness and calming down. And so I know that like my mom is hoping to come in and do a little presentation about that maybe. Uh -huh. yeah. and, and my dad um, is a big rock collector and he wants to come in and talk about rocks. But like, and the calming qualities of rocks because he's also a very thoughtful guy. Uh -huh. And like deeper than just rocks, but um, one thing, because I've also struggled with anxiety like for most of my life, and one thing he's always taught me is like, okay, if you look at the rocks and you can focus on different areas and just changing your focus away from stress to like outside things, things that are outside of your head. Yeah, there are so many ways to calm yourself down and be mindful and reflect mm -hmm. that a lot of students just aren't aware of or have not yeah. tried. Well, you think uh, stones have energy. I mean, different mm -hmm. kinds of stones have different kinds yeah. of energy, and I was aware of that and have heard of that, and I like rocks. At home, I have, like, cairns. I think cairns are really cool, and I'll pick up yeah. stones to make a cairn, and I'll bring them home, and I have, like, a little... And I love looking at them. They mm -hmm. make me feel peaceful, but I've never consciously thought about that. I've just kind of subconsciously surrounded myself with rocks, truly. Yeah. Like... Yeah. For me personally, I really like using rocks as like worry stones, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that to touch, you know, because that's actually a grounding thing, like mm -hmm. being able to touch something, bring you to the present moment, you know, that's actually a coping strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. So we have some guests lined up even. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> people who know some things about. Well, mm. <laughs> 
figure something out. <laughs> we can Google Zoom. We can go outside. Yeah. Come up with some stuff. Yeah, it's all spring. Yay. So ther- you're in therapy, mm-hmm. and you've dealt with anxiety. You've dealt with anxiety. Yes, I've been in therapy for most of my life. Yeah, much longer than I have. Have you guys had experiences with this too? I haven't had experiences with therapy, but my mom is like, I I always say like my mom is my therapist Mm -hmm. and I'm really lucky that I have a super great relationship with her that I can, you know, talk to her about all the things. Mm -hmm. I have the same relationship with her mom. (laughs) Tara Clark, mother to all. um, Yeah, she's, she's great. And so I'm able to, you know, talk to her about things and... I've struggled with, you know, not diagnosed, but like, you know, Mm -hmm. nervousness and, you know, feeling Mm -hmm. anxious about things Mm -hmm. and like insomnia and other, you know, things Mm -hmm. related to that. And so, you know, having her there that I can talk to is really nice. And I just, I deal with a lot of like social anxiety. Like I'm a huge introvert, but it's not just that. It's like just being with people, it's really stressful to me. And just like, I've had like a lot of great teachers who helped me and like counselors just like school-wise, who've been like there for me, so. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to say like, one thing that's amazing about this club is like, yes, everybody has different things they've dealt with with their mental health, but this is just a place where like, you don't have to like, qualify to come. Mm -hmm. Like wherever you're at, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. So I think that's amazing. Yes, I love the idea that it's it's who you are as a person and everybody needs like a space and everybody's a friend and I think it's it's incredible to foster that idea and to continue to grow that idea and you you start that at home and then it's outreach from there. I also like the idea of destigmatizing therapy and um mental health stuff whether it's diagnosed or not. Everybody struggles here and there and those struggles make us stronger and those struggles make us beautiful and being able to to know that it's okay and there's no shame attached to asking for help seeking help finding help being there you know with someone who is who is trained to to guide you and to walk you through some things we all have the capacity to heal and to grow but sometimes we need a little guidance to to do that and I think that that's really powerful and I want everyone to be able to have access to that and especially Mm -hmm. when I think about the the last year it's really critical for us to know what our resources are and and how to access those Mm -hmm. and there's nothing there's everything good about that truly it's what it's what makes you interesting are your struggles and and conquering those but also just we deal with stuff and we and we get through it and we're strong and we're beautiful because of that. Uh, Cassidy just joined us. Hi, guys. <laughs> Cassidy, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Cassidy Bush. I'm 17 and I'm a junior and I'm friends with all the other lovely ladies here and people. <laughs> Schools should be built to serve students by students. And while I understand it may be difficult for first graders to come up with an entire lesson plan for the full year, our children, our kids, from you know kindergartners, first graders, all the way up into juniors and seniors, are way more capable than we think them to be. Mm-hmm. My niece is five years old. She's turning six in two days. Um, and I'll be with her. I'll be babysitting or just hanging out with her. And she'll do something, or my sister, who lives with her, and then my other sister, her mother, They'll ask her to do something or ask her a question, and I will be really surprised at how much she knows or how much she can do. 
And I just think that given the opportunity and phrased the right way, we can see so much more intelligence in our children of all ages. But the reason why a lot of times we don't is we expect intelligence to be shown in a very specific, narrow definition. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, we block out so much, um, just so much more of a kid's mind, again, from kindergarten all the way to seniors, that they really need to be a part of the process that they are trying to learn from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and adding on to that, I think it's really important to raise the, um, you know, raise awareness about being mindful because it's not just high schoolers that are dealing with uh, mental health issues. My youngest brother, he is 10, he's in fourth grade this year, he has dealt with so much anxiety in the past year, it's been unbelievable. Um, and I just did not expect that from him. You know, you expect little kids to just kind of go with the flow and not super be super aware about what's going on, you know, kind of just do what they're told. But he is so nervous about everything that's going on. And I think it's important to promote the idea of mindfulness um, to little kids as well, you know, kind of raise awareness that you're going to feel these feelings as a person, but you can deal with them, you know, they're manageable. Yeah, I also would add on to that. I think this sort of goes with it, but like bullying is something that can cause a lot of, mm -hmm. um, you know, mental health, you know, problems or, you know, just feeling upset about it. And that, you know, has, it mainly happens with younger kids, I think, too. Like it happens all throughout school, but I know that my little brother has been dealing with that a lot lately and has also started you know showing more like anxiety and just being super like he doesn't want to go to school all these things mm -hmm. and it's really sad to see that and see him trying to deal with that too and i think that if we really worked on like teaching younger kids this as well like not just high schoolers mm -hmm. i think that we would be better for it in the long run like i wish somebody had done more like when i was that age like i'm thankful i have amazing parents and like a great support system in my family but like I think I agree, like it really, that would have made my life different if I had had more of that at, around that age. Mm -hmm. And from the other side, I know, let's say starting at White Pines age, um, if a friend with anxiety, I didn't really know quite what anxiety was, like the clinical, like the, um, I guess, I don't want to say illness, I mean it is a mental illness, but it's, um, I didn't really know what it was, and if a friend was having an anxiety attack or breaking down because of it, I didn't know why or the best ways to help them. Like, I could be there, and I could hug them, and I could talk to them, but I, it's, it's really important to cover it not only for preventing those things and learning about ourselves, but being able to help our friends, even from that young age, because that's who we go to. We go to our peers for comfort. Mm -hmm. Learning how to be an ally and a support yeah. for yeah. others. I love that. Well, you guys are offering great suggestions. Um, I had this article that I that I read kind of around the same time as all of this was getting off the ground, and it's uh, called Students Respond to Adults' Fixation on Learning Loss, and it's an opinion article from Ed Week. Um, and it has to do with this idea of the pandemic yielding a, a significant learning loss for kids of all ages going through the system. And I shared that article with all of you and you kind of took a look at it and read it, skimmed it. Um, and I, the central ideas I think relate to mindfulness practice and learning better instead of learning more, you know, a qualitative approach over a quantitative approach. 
building a system that is responsive to the needs of the students that it's supposed to be serving. And that idea was kind of the central thrust of the argument too. And that currently our kids are, and the article says, frightened and disconnected, grieving or anxious. And when they are like that, it's very difficult for them to learn. And they're going to be taking the lessons or the common core or the curriculum necessarily the same way that they would have if they were safe and all their basic needs were met and we were together every single day. Um, so I, the article asks the question about learning loss of the clientele, the kids themselves, how, how you're feeling about it all, how school is going, and what you want adults to know. So I think the mindfulness thing certainly plays a part in that. It does for me. I know that when I was home, um, I rely on my kids as, in a different way, but as much as my kids rely on me. We build a community together. Each of my classes was a little family, and we, we all kind of went into a tailspin when the word came down we were going to miss school for three weeks. And I remember feeling a lot of genuine anxiety that was unknown to me previously and trying to manage that as the adult and the leader in the classroom and trying to look like I knew what I was doing, even though I didn't, and, and be a rock for kids that I knew were probably really panicky, some of them, and others were didn't know yet to be panicky. Like you had the range of emotions. Um, I remember how I felt at that time and how I kind of walked through managing my stress and my anxiety around it. And it was hit or miss. Like it was kind of a trial, trial and error process. What about you guys? And I guess looking back and reflecting, what have you learned? How did you contend with it? And what did you learn? Um, well, something about me is I've, I've always been a type of person who loves routines and structures and schedules. So like, yes, with this past year, but then last spring, like a year ago, that was just crazy to have my whole world like just not destroyed, but just like, ah, just messed up. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've really grown in my ability to just go with the flow and just be like, there, you can't plan everything because things are going to happen. So I feel like this past year I've, I've just grown so much, like I'm so much more flexible and just less like uptight, like less, like everything has to be scheduled. I need to schedule out my next three months. So I'm really thankful for that in that That's way that I'm able great. to just relax more. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to add though that the pandemic has not caused us all to grow and be productive in like healthy ways because for me getting out of school for those three weeks I wasn't aware of how long it was going to last and I wasn't aware of like the implication of how like how lonely I was going to be mm -hmm. you know I'm not someone who it's not easy for me to reach out to people I'm not someone who is necessarily aware of how lonely I am until I see other people with their friends and I've really struggled with that the past year. I've lost a lot of friends and I've become, social interactions have become more difficult for me because I just haven't been surrounded by people in the way that I used to. And that kind of really hits you hard when you realize how many friends you've lost since last year. I mean, adding on to that, like I just realized how important those friendships are. Like I lost a couple, but I didn't realize how strong and how much I needed. Like my friend group and like during the pandemic like when it first started like I was fine with it like I was dealing with a lot of like who am I like it, <laughs> like what is happening like I need to fit in like you know all those things and then like going in just like being like I just found myself and I found those like myself through my friends like they're so accepting of like everything so like just being able to like 
learn all of that and like experience that with like such a strong group of friends was like it really changed how quarantine went for me. Hmm. I would say like on that train like I also really kind of learned more about who like I am as a person like how I function when I'm home alone or home with my family in my house for I don't even know how long like <laughs> too long too long <laughs> I think I, you know, realized, wow, I'm an introvert, and I actually kind of like some of this, like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not great, but it's not horrible, all of it, and then, you know, figuring out, what do I want to do with my life after high school, I had a lot of time to think about that, too, mm -hmm. which also caused some anxiety, because I was like, oh my gosh, I have to, like, decide, like, soon, I have to apply for college, and all this stuff, but I also think it was good to have that time, I think if we had been, like, in-person school, I would have been doing so many other things and I don't know that I would have had that time to really just like think about it and you know figure out what it was that I wanted to do. Yeah I just have a really really quick thing sorry Cassidy to That's add on to that train of thought That's I just fine. wanted to add the pandemic really kind of forced you to think about your identity outside of school yeah like suddenly there was no school you didn't see people it was just you by yourself kind of figuring out your own identity you're completely removed from the situation you had been surrounded in your entire life. And so yeah. you had to figure out who you were outside of that, almost in the way where, you know, like you always hear about the couple who dated from like middle school to college, <laughs> then they break up and they're like, who am I mm -hmm. without them? And they like go on a journey of self-discovery. Who are they outside of this other person? And that's kind of what it was, but with school. Mm -hmm. And um, I hear, you know, about like Ali thinking about um, what she wants to do with her future and Kate becoming more flexible. And um, I'm sure that I definitely had some positive benefits that came out of quarantine, but the further I got into it, and I didn't really realize it until I was pretty deep into it, but I grew completely complacent in isolation. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that I didn't like it. That doesn't mean that I um, wasn't dying to see my friends every single day. But even before the pandemic, we have a like, really large friend group and we all really like each other. Like we enjoy each other. I we don't, you. oh, I love you too, Kate. <laughs> Um, we've never really had any like huge dramas or fights or um, anything that's super dividing. <laughs> um, but oh, where was I going? I'm sorry. Oh, but even even with how close we are, we were bad at like texting each other like regularly because we saw each other every single day. We have the slide show. We do. Oh, we regularly <laughs> we regularly hung out and um, we didn't really need to improve on our like online communication skills I guess so yeah. when we went into quarantine I like wouldn't have texted anyone for days I wouldn't have called anyone or facetimed anyone it was just me and my mom which is where I realized I actually like alone time sometimes <laughs> that I need time away from my mother <laughs> I I just I she probably I, feels the same way. <laughs> probably <laughs> Got your back, Mom. <laughs> at a certain point, I realized that I had I hadn't done any of my hobbies or things I like to do. Oh. I love to, you know, sing, paint, act, dance, draw. I'm a very artsy, creative person. I hadn't done any of those. I had just been on wasting time on my phone or on my Chromebook, um, trying to motivate myself to do school, which I realized. I have um, a will to do things, but I don't have the self-discipline to do yes. things. Yeah. I thought, I was like, oh, you know, I've got self-control, right? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. There are so many things that I want to do, but I just don't. Mm 
-hmm. And I realized I hadn't done anything that I found joy in, and I hadn't talked to anybody that I loved or found joy in. Mm -hmm. And it kind of shook me up realizing how easy I accept something that's bland, a life that's, I, I don't want to say joyless, because it didn't, it, you know, quarantine had its moments, but I, I just so readily accepted what my new reality was, and I think that's led me to learn to be more proactive in my relationships and what I love to do. I love that. What do you want adults to know about what it's like to be a teenager in a pandemic or mindfulness and, and stress management? Anything you want to say about that? If you could talk to them, what would you say? Take us seriously. Yeah. Like, just because we're going through adolescence doesn't mean that our ideas don't hold value and that our realities aren't true. Um, I know way too many people, uh, the majority of people who are dealing with some form of mental illness or symptoms of such, and if they do feel like they're comfortable enough to tell their parents about it, their parents or a counselor or someone who you're supposed to be able to go to about those things says, oh, that's not true. You don't have a mental illness. Like, you're fine. You just have to sleep more. You just have to eat better. You just have to find what motivates you and go for it. They completely discount everything that we're telling them. And, and that's not okay. It's not. I, Our feelings are valid. It's rare. <laughs> it's like literally the minority right. of people who say that they go and they tell an adult about issues that they're facing and they take them seriously. Like, hey, why don't we look into more of the symptoms of anxiety and depression and see how many of those you would fall into. Or maybe it's not one of those. Maybe it's another mental illness with a lot of the same symptoms, but that is completely chemically different in the brain. Uh, it's... It's ridiculous how many people I know who have just been brushed aside or brushed off or get over it, figure out how to change it. And that's not how it works. Yeah, because like from the adult perspective, I guess it can kind of look like like all these teenagers are going through the exact same thing and they can all be like helped together just all at once. But I think it's important just to realize like everybody's going through this individually and everybody has their own unique experience. Even if they're similar to other people, it's still unique to themselves. Yeah, yeah, what I was gonna say was, you know, similar to what you said, um, I feel like a big problem is viewing kids as like just one big massive group, you know, like students of America, you know, we're all kind of viewed as just one big group, um, which is a problem, you know, we have in general, you know, just putting people in the groups and forgetting that we're all individuals, you know, we all have our individual struggles. And what do you want adults to know? Nobody said, well, which adults? As <laughs> yeah. I asked that question, I thought, ooh, I wonder if they're going to, like, ask me to specify. And then you didn't. And then they yeah. made on that point. Exactly. That's so funny. Kind of just, like, rip everybody up. What do we want adults to know? We all want adults to know different things. We're all different people. We all have different Different issues. adults should know different yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, so funny. Within yeah. grouping I didn't people. mean to interrupt you. No, it's Okay. okay. But that's just a problem, you know, like generalizing and putting students into groups and forgetting that we all have different issues yeah, in our lives. Different generations. And yeah, yeah, yeah the pandemic has all impacted us in different ways. And just because we're kids doesn't mean we're going to rebound any easier than like the adults. That's true. You know, if anything, it might affect us more because we're still growing and learning and yeah. developing as people. It's so interesting to me. The same, like, uh, 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 here we go with grouping adults. <laughs> who, um, if they do end up, you know, going to therapy, I feel like that's a huge issue. Also just recognizing that you need to, you have issues that you need to work on. 
I feel like the vast majority of people have issues that started in their childhood or some form of childhood trauma. And those very same people who are trying to work through that will tell the younger generation, oh, you can get over it and power through it. And part of that is a reflection of what they were told and how they were taught to mm -hmm. handle it. But it's it's almost it's the cycle that everybody hears about, and you know the cycle of continued trauma where one pa person passes it to another. And I think we also need to learn how to recognize and break that because a lot of people haven't. They don't realize that a lot of their issues were also their mothers, and then their mother's father, and so on and so on, or loved ones, because hurt people hurt people. Let's bring it down then. One of the things that we're doing is, you know, to circle back, this is the beginning of the Mindfulness Club, and your intention with that is to hopefully put some of this stuff into play, creating a little bit of a legacy for yourselves. I mean, as juniors, heading, you know, developing this and then heading into senior year and hopefully creating a ripple effect where you're gonna, you are taking matters into your own hands. Boy. That's what I love about kids, man. They're, they get stuff done, and, and you're actually going to do that, and I appreciate that. Talk about that a little bit. Well, I think we were talking about a class earlier that would focus on relationships, and I don't want to say therapy issues, but that's the easiest word for me to think of right now, um, mm -hmm. therapy issues, and how it, it just feels the approach is wrong, and that kids don't learn for it. We roll our eyes, or we glaze over and zone <laughs> out. And I think it's because, at least in mindfulness, what we're trying to, mindfulness club, what we're trying to do is we don't want to lecture. We want it to be an active conversation that people participate in. We don't want to have these trite phrases and little coined things uh, that feel cheesy and just overused and that feel so shallow and just like it's a checklist of this and that. Well, checklists can be helpful. <laughs> I love um, a checklist. <laughs> they, it's just in the education system, the few times we do talk about stuff that we're going to talk about in Mindfulness Club, it's so trite. It's mm -hmm. just so distanced. And it's, I think it goes back to becoming a conversation. And it should be in smaller groups. It's not something you can talk about to a group of 20 to 30 students. It's something that has to be more closer like this sort of group. It can be a little bit larger, but it's, it needs to be an active conversation where we feel like we're learning from interacting with one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's why I think Mindfulness Club is a really great idea because it's not just students being lectured to by um, a teacher or a mental health professional, it's students working with other students, you know, with Mrs. Dean as well, but, <laughs> you know, we're working with each other and that kind of creates a more, um, like a deeper connection, you know, because mm -hmm. I feel like students feel like other students more deeply understand them. A community rather than curriculum. Yes. Yeah. And I just hope that, like, because this is at public school, just having, like, an after-school club focused on this can expand to just all aspects of school, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. or just the normalizing of, like, how everybody has their own battle. Like, I love the Grand Haven shirts that say, like, everybody's fighting about it, you know, nothing about it, just be kind. And so I really hope that this club starts to expand and grow mm -hmm. and like in ways outside of just the club. But Get like, some traction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, I cannot tell you how much I've appreciated talking with all of you these last two days over and over and over again. I'm reminded of the hope that teenagers instill in me for the future. I think you guys have some great ideas about what is important to sustain 
long-term healthy growth and growth doesn't come easily as you all well know and I do too it's painful it's hard and it's fraught but you are you've been through a lot and you're going to use this growth to 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 create sustaining long-lasting change and I and I think it's really important and I'm happy and proud to support and I see in you so much potential and it gives me great hope for the future. Every single day I come here and I think that, and these conversations have reinforced that for me yet again. I feel very grateful to each one of you. And we're thankful for you. Thank you for being here. Snaps to you too. Thank you all. Love you, love you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Share Chair Podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode.